Now listen, Ducky, darling. The ones that you're looking at, these boots, yeah. now they're adult sizes and you're a size four. But these have just come in from London. Are you ready for these? These are fantastic. Oh, Mum, oh, look at look them, at Sean. They're absolutely lovely. You want old one, they are. Oh, my God. They're, they're nice, aren't they? Are they lovely, them, Sean? Oh, they look lovely, then. Try them on. Just try don't. them on. These ones, because they're special and they're from London, they don't have the Dot Martin sign on these. They're too special for that. It says Tompkins in it. Because the ones from London say Tompkins. <laughs> everybody and welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with me, Bryn, and Jeremy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you doing on this fine week uh, that it's finally getting a little chilly? little chilly. Very nice though. Um, right. Today was weird because today was like, there's always a day in the fall where like the trees finish, mm-hmm. you know, like they it's just like, like yellow they f- as hell. No, they just like they they oh, whatever they their yeah whatever their version <laughs> of that is like the leaves just all come off at once yeah yeah um, and it just happened to also be a rainy day so mm-hmm. just the whole neighborhood is just covered in just like disgusting leaf sludge it's so <laughs> gross you just like walk around and just slip everywhere I had to oh, like peel no. a bunch of it off of my car this morning it was no good oh it was no good I didn't notice that it was rainy. But I just got a new rain jacket, and I was like, wow, this rain jacket Really stoked to break it in. So well. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of rain jacket did you get? It's one of those fucking, like, Uniqlo block tech ones, where it's just like you can stand in the shower and be dry. Hell yes. It's crazy. (laughs) Wow. I gotta get a rain jacket. I've got, like, a little windbreaker that, like, kind of works, but it's... Yeah, that's what I had before. Yeah. Uh, And I I was, like, tired of getting kind of, like, damp... Uh-huh. Uh, so I got that. It's not even very expensive. Um, they work very well. So it was, it was kind of nice Hot to go. plug for Uniqlo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, spo- this podcast is sponsored by Uniqlo. <laughs> uh, do you like Japanese clothing but don't want to go to Japan? <laughs> it's like H&M but Japanese. <laughs> That's right. It's like Muji but Target. <laughs> Uh, and they have collabs, hot collabs with people. They used to, back in the day, Uniqlo was mostly a place to get anime t-shirts. Oh yeah, they still When they still first are. came around, that was like their big, big thing though. Like before they, before they started selling like, you know, basics and shit, I remember their store in Soho was just like a huge wall of just like insane anime shirts. <laughs> yeah, like weird, it's not even just like, you would kind of think like the kind of stuff that you know any big box store would do you know like h&m or something where it's just like right. oh we got these dbz or you know cowboy bebop or something but they have crazy stuff like yeah stuff they that have you- like pretty obscure <laughs> stuff but then also the thing that really set them right in in the uh, in the american market i believe was when they made the decision to make tasteful anime shirts because yes. that's a real rarity. It's very hard to find those. So rare. I've seen Pokemon shirts where I'm like, 
I probably shouldn't buy that, but I kind oh, of. Oh, are want you talking about the ones them. that are like the um, the Pokemon like button downs? Have you seen those? <laughs> I wouldn't wear a button down. I don't think. But like, oh, well, so but there's. It's not like what you're thinking. It's not like a silk like <laughs> giant dragon thing or nothing like that. It's this company. I keep seeing. Like, they send me like Instagram ads all the time. Oh, okay. But it's like. Um, they make like textiles that are Pokemon patterns. Oh. And so, but like weirdly subtle and tasteful for the most part. Like some of them right. are a little shit, but the the thing that their whole thing is that they have all 150 of the original ones. They have a textile for each. Right. And so you can get like the one that's like a Charmander is like, it's like white with like little pastel painted like curled up Charmanders sleeping on it and they're like every couple of inches from each other Uh you know in like a like that sort of a pattern yeah and then you can get like a a shirt that's just like a regular blue button down shirt and then the pocket is that Charmander textile it's like really tasteful stuff sometimes you should get it (laughs) but but like I have a kid I'm not doing that (laughs) no I'm a different person now I have a child uh yeah no it's uh, so annoying when fucking um when fucking internet advertisements have your number yeah you're just uh-huh. like fuck you like there's i've been getting this ad for a um like a woven throw blanket mm-hmm. that has like all of the original uh emoji that that um susan care designed for mm-hmm. for macintosh so it's just like the original Mac like symbols that uh, yeah. called Cairo. Where are all these companies doing this? I don't by the know. way, where, where are they are all they making? These- where are they getting these like <laughs> stitched blankets and like who's buying them for? Because they're always like a hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, it's, it's like not around cheap. that. It's not like area. that. And I'm like, I didn't know I needed a throw blanket. <laughs> yeah. No, you, I just can't imagine who's buying enough of these to justify the expenditure of like making these. Or is there like a is there a company that's like making them a la carte and you're doing like a drop shipping sort of thing? There's another one that's like a um that's a sweater that's all of the little uh monster sprites from Castlevania. Mm. But it like it's it's designed as such and it's all black and white, so it kind of just looks like a pattern. Right. Um and that's yeah, also very interesting. But I won't buy that because I don't really no. like Castlevania. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, all these things, they're like, you look at them and you're like, hmm, cool. Maybe if I was 20. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't A know. A lot of this shit is like, I can't justify like <laughs> the expenditure to have like the $100 throw blanket with like a picture of a witch trial on it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Who's making these things? I don't but know. But then at the same time, you see them and you're like, you definitely got my number though. I, would I don't know want that. who, yeah. I don't know who <laughs> sold me out. All of them. They all sold they you all out. They all do. But the thing is like, I always remember people saying about like, uh, you know, like I'm not going to sell your information when somebody talks to you and you're always like, who's selling information? You don't sell information. (laughs) And then suddenly this year when I had a kid and bought a car, like all of a sudden I am a mark and like I am getting (laughs) all sorts of crazy shit that I never got before. I'm getting stuff in them. Oh, and I started an LLC for balling out. I have all this business mail coming to me now where they're just like, will, if you, if you want somebody to like publish articles about your company, like Uh we'll do it for $5,000 and like the car (laughs) people, they're all like, we can give you better car and shit. Like, there's a fucking rat, and it's who I bought the car from, and it that's fucked. I bought a be. car from you. I gave you so much money. What do you? Why did you sell my information to? Because they probably have to like 
put it in some sort of registry and, and then like, the government did it. The government did it. Motherfuckers. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, God I damn. Get, Somebody I just sent a us a case of formula. What? No idea how they got that, but somebody just somewhere out there in marketing land, somebody knew we had a baby and then just shipped us a case of formula to be like, hey, you know, first dose is free. We'll get your baby hooked on the shit. That's and then, fucking insane. Yeah. How, though? Because it's like, that means like as soon as you're born, you are like a you're product. You're in the system. They already know. Yeah. yeah. You are you are prepared to consume the products. Yeah. And you're posting pictures of your baby and stuff. And it's facial recognition going all the way back. Oh, yeah. I no. hate this country so fucking much. Yeah. This fucking world, man. It's, there's nowhere that's safe. It's the worst. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, yeah. The show so is about uh, movies. it's about movies. <laughs> and um, Bryn, what did you watch this week? What did I watch this week? Um, this week I watched a movie. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, this was back on Halloween. I watched a, a movie that I did want to talk about um, because it was so strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this movie was called Edge of the Axe. Hmm. Um, it's a Spanish movie. Directed by Jose Ramon Larraz. Um, and I don't, I think he's done some other stuff that people. Oh, yeah, he did this like exploitation, like sex exploitation movie called Vampires with a Y. Okay. Um, that some weird, you know, horror buff people might know. Um, but he also did this other movie. It was the second to last movie. Um, and it was called Edge of the Axe. And it was 1988. Is it like um, an axe killer type of thing? Yes. Nice. Um, <laughs> you don't see a lot of that. <laughs> you do not see a lot of that. You don't. Um, like you, there's like, so I married an axe murderer. And like, of all of the types of murder. I've never seen that. I don't think I have either. But like, the, <laughs> of all the types of murderer you can be, it's like serial killer, obviously, is like the most known title. But then like axe murderer is pretty high up. Like, nobody right. calls you, like, a knife murderer. <laughs> yeah. No one really says, you, oh, I'm a knife murderer. But I guess they don't say that. But, no, yeah, you're right. Um, so, the movie opens um, with so much promise. Because I had no idea what I was getting in. Like, this was one of the movies I hadn't researched. My friend was just like, I have heard this movie's cool. Let's watch it. Um, and the movie opens with a ton of promise. It's got um, a lot of style and the credits are in like computer font like early 80s like 80s computer font like green yeah, yeah, blinking yeah. cursor text um and then the opening scene is in a car wash and a woman is going through the car wash and as she's in the car wash the the fucking villain who has this amazing mask it looks kind of like the michael myers mask except it's bald like all white all okay. around his head but and it's like a like a weird human face it just looks like a human face with eye holes, but the the, the there's no mouth, so it's just uh, a white. Just it has a, a white, nose. It has a nose, and then like his mouth is sort of like flush over. Hmm. Um, it's pretty creepy looking and pretty cool looking, and then he just sort of like in the middle of the car wash starts uh, like killing her. He like breaks with the window with the axe, and then. Um, kills her and then there's all these really beautiful shots of like the soap going down a drain mixing with blood and stuff Uh um really well done opening kill scene um and i was like wow i can't wait to see where this movie goes and (laughs) then you get these sort of uh two guys 
who are like weird jocks who are into computers, like nerds who are always fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just still both start going on. <laughs> the movie takes this weird turn into their, their personal lives um, where you think that they're going to sort of be your main characters of fighting this monster or this, this killer or whatever. But it stops being really... Every time it goes back to being an axe murder movie, it starts getting good again. But then uh-huh. it's just like, my bitch wife is very rich and old, and I wish she would die. <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't think that that's cool. You should just like be nice to your wife. And then uh, they live with this old guy who's into computers. Um, and there's for some reason, there's a whole computer subplot. Yeah, when is this from? 1988. Yeah, so this is like, I mean, War Games is probably around this time. This is like right in like the early age of like yes. people being fascinated by so fascinated computers. And so they meet this girl. Oh, and, 1983 is War Games. Holy shit! Wow. So this is a little later. Yeah. Um. So there's a funny scene where like um, <laughs> where he meets this girl at a bar. One of one of the guys meets the girl at a bar, and they start kind of like flirt, being flirty or whatever. And he go takes her back to his place to see the big computer rig they have. Yeah, um, he's like, "I'll lend you one of my computers so we can talk <laughs> while you go to college." I guess it's a little. <laughs> it's one of those movies that starts being like really unclear what the plot is, like the beats, you know. Um, and uh, he's like, "You can ask it anything you want," and uh, starts <laughs> asking the computer questions and oh yes and, uh, i love that that's like one of my favorite like 80s movie plot devices that it's like, just a crystal ball <laughs> yeah yeah that you can talk to the computer the computer knows it can talk back to you and whatever they do it in the fly too there's a lot yes. of that sort of shit where it's just like it's it's very well parodied in um in don't hug me i'm scared oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> that's a great one but um yeah, uh, and that the, in that scene, she's like, uh, "What did you ask it?" She's like, "I asked it if you were gay," <laughs> <laughs> and then they make out. Uh, <laughs> um, that's just one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, lots of very weird stuff happens, and then um, there's a lot of the kills start being very samey. So the movie really goes downhill after like the first. 20 minutes right it's so disappointing but what do we learn first... about the edge what do we learn about the edge of the axe oh so <laughs> so at the end of the movie you get you get all this setup that's blaming one of the guys who like clearly wants to kill his wife you think that he's gonna be the killer um but at the end it turns out to be the girl who asked the computer if she was gay whoa she has a a, a made-up brother that she believed was her that got hit on the head. Hell yes. <laughs> and she ends up being the killer, but it doesn't mean anything. Like there's yeah. a weird, like she's like a foot shorter than the uh, actor who plays the That's killer. That's the best. That's the best <laughs> shit. I love that. That was uh, like, um, we talk about Marble Hornets a lot. Uh, oh yeah. And um, something that I always found really funny about Marble Hornets when it was happening was like the discourse on whether Tim is the character in the mask or whether he just plays the character in the mask mm-hmm. because they don't have that many friends. Like, because you can clearly tell when he's like wearing the mask, you're like, that's Tim. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's him wearing the mask. <laughs> it's his body and his very distinctive sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> this is always funny to me when you can like very clearly tell 
who like, somebody. I know this is a low budget project, but is it supposed to be him or not? Uh, like I always thought it'd be funny to do, um, uh, like a, a parody of. I don't think we'll ever get around to doing this, but doing a parody of Scream for uh, a balling out uh, Halloween special, and the idea was going to be that like. Vegeta is the killer or like Frieza is the killer. Somebody somebody with a very distinctive voice is the killer. So that even when you put it through the voice modulator, you're like, that's Vegeta. <laughs> it's still Vegeta. It's very clear. <laughs> uh, that would be good. You should do that. Um, you got a whole year till next Halloween. That's true, um, yeah. But yeah, so this movie was... is it's It's definitely lower on the list of it's not a very good slasher movie but uh it has some really funny and weird stuff in it that uh i don't know i thought were worth talking about uh just because it has such a such a beautiful opening scene and like a couple scenes i was just like so disappointed by the rest of it but if you do want to see some cool uh like 80s spanish horror movie uh there's some decent scenes in it is it like very very spanish no, no, it, I, it seems like a American movie, um, but it seems like the director and it might have been filmed in Spain. Um, There's like so much of that stuff that is just like kind of lost to time mm-hmm. that like, <laughs> I mean, even just the uh, like among, you know, B-list horror fanatics, people who like live and die for this sort of like schlocky old crap. Like Mm -hmm. even they, like you'll never find all of it. You'll never know. You can try. (laughs) You'll try. You'll try your whole life and you'll never find all of like the garbage horror movies that have been made over the years. Some of them are pretty fun and a lot of them are really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, actually we'll talk about it more on the bonus. mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because uh, David Decato, 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 however you say his name, Decato, I don't know, Decato uh, is is a schlock horror guy with like I know, insane, and there's so much of it, insane number of movies. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it uh, in the past, dear listener. Oh yeah, in the past, <laughs> you have to go to the Patreon to listen yeah. to that conversation that um, we will have in the future. We past. will have had in the future past. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So, what did you watch, Jeremy? Well, Bryn. Yes? <laughs> we've covered extensively on this show um, my deeply embarrassing um, <laughs> interest and um, uh, love of food media. Ah, uh, yes. Your food media. And um, I watched this week a the newest installment in the uh, travel uh, food documentary series, Someone or somebody feed Phil. Oh, okay, is it a YouTube? No, it is a Netflix show. Somebody okay. feed Phil is a uh, it's a travel and cooking and food sort of show, uh, hosted by Phil Rosenthal, who is uh, kind of like a you would know him as kind of like a bit part actor, bit part comedian, who then went on to make a fucking fortune when he wrote. Uh, uh oh! Uh, everyone loves Raymond. Oh, he's like the inv- he is he's like the, the inventor of that show. Yeah, <laughs> really? Um, yeah, yeah. And so he made like a fucking fortune making that sitcom for years. 
But and, it's Raymond. But it's, it's Raymond, exactly, yeah. So he was like friends with Ray Romano, I guess, uh, and they were both comedians, and he was like, well, oh. you're clearly a leading man, and I'm not, so I'm going to write this sitcom premise with you as the star of it. <laughs> but it's clearly oh. about him. like, cause a, So a big part of... So Somebody Feed Phil is a show about this like weird nebbishy Jew who just like travels around the world eating <laughs> and meeting people and whatever. And then the structure of the episodes will be he, you know, he's there. He introduces the idea of the episode, kind of like what his general thesis about the place is. Then it's a bunch of him just kind of like traveling around, eating, talking to people, meeting people, whatever. And then the end is he will do like a Skype call with his parents uh, <laughs> who are back home and he'll okay. show them a thing that he learned or a thing that he tried or whatever. And he'll talk to them and then his dad will tell a corny joke. And then that's like he'll do a Last Supper uh, in the city with uh, all the people he met along the way, and they all eat together, and then he leaves. And that's the structure of an episode. But so his it's parents... Fu- it's fucking no reservations with exactly. a, a okay, less so, cool so guy. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what it is. It's no reservations, but with all cool stripped away from it. And it's so much better for it, because he's such a massive nerd. And he's <laughs> not even a nerd. A nerd would even be like... We're, like He's like a... He's a uh, like a cringe dad character. Uh-huh. He's just lame. He's really lame. Yeah, and he wears like he wears just like you know dungarees and like a, a baggy polo shirt and like walking okay. shoes that are sensible. And he just like <laughs> makes really goofy jokes and like his eyes like bug out every time he tastes anything ever. <laughs> wow, so good. <laughs> Wait, is he good at describing the food? No, not really. <laughs> He just like he'll just like try to be like, oh come on, this is the best. <laughs> but what's great is that it's like, <laughs> what's great is that he's got this whole like, he's got a real like generosity to his his uh, like persona. Okay, where like he, since like the beginning and like even more so now in the later seasons, like he always wants to give somebody else a bite. Like that's oh. <laughs> that's his big thing. It's just like somebody around him. He's just like, you got to try this. You got to come here and try this. And like sometimes it's just a random person on the street. Like, He'll just be like, mm-hmm. like you, 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 are you are you local? And they'll be like, no, I'm visiting from wherever. He's like, you got to try this. Did nobody tell you about this? You got to try this. <laughs> that's so cringy. It's cringy, but it's like really endearing. <laughs> And like when he talks to his parents, you're like, I love that he just like wants his parents on the show. <laughs> just ancient Jewish people who are just like, yeah, I went to Mexico once back in the '60s, uh-huh. and uh, it was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so this season, he's kind of like really amped a lot of this stuff up because his his uh, his mother died between the last two seasons. Oh, that's- so now it's just his father and his wife uh who's like taking care of his father while he's on the road which is really funny um (laughs) i mean she's just always there very awkward (laughs) um but is uh, it in other countries yeah 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 so it's like this season was uh brazil and uh singapore and then he Uh did like san francisco and mississippi and hawaii but um yeah, it's 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 funny because it's like this season he's really amped up a lot of the stuff where uh, he orders like you know it's a f- 
food show. So he goes to a restaurant. He's like trying everything, and you'd see him eat all this stuff. And you're like, "There's no way he's eating all that stuff." And in this show, he like actually like lifts the curtain a little bit, and he's just like, "Yeah, I don't eat all this stuff." So like, there's like always scenes where he's like giving it to the crew, or like, oh. there's one where he's like at this restaurant, and like everybody who walks past him, he's just like, "Would you like something?" Just random people walking past him. And he's got all these pastries in front of him, and he's just like, "Would you? What do you? What do you want? Anything you want? Anything you want? Take one." <laughs> It so- I mean, I know he's not, but it sounds like a show that Richard Kind would make. Who's Richard Kind? <laughs> he's that. Um, he's that character actor. Have you ever seen um, a serious man? Yes. He's the guy who's always lancing his boil in the. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, Absolutely if you could bottle yes. This air, you'd be make a million bucks. <laughs> Absolutely, very similar characters. Yeah. Yes, it's an extremely uh, like annoying Jewish guy going mm-hmm. around being like, "Taste this." You gotta <laughs> you taste gotta this. Taste. <laughs> but somehow, somehow or another, it it rounds about to being like deeply endearing and wholesome. Yeah, I, mean, I think I like partly that. because of like the family involvement and like his own generosity, but also because like there's weird things you notice as you watch the series where you're like, he really highlights a lot of stuff that like. You know, like Anthony Bourdain, when he'd like go around, would go to like all these. Uh, like, it, it felt like there was like a there was like an image that he was trying to craft for himself, and a lot of that had to do with this, like you know, like you eat food from the street and like. Anthony Bourdain. I'm a working class food journalist. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what? Whereas, like, how? Whereas Phil, like he doesn't really make a big deal out of like the grittiness of what he does or whatever. He mm-hmm. just like happens to be like eating with black people in like, you know, low income areas all the time. Sure. And he like, but he doesn't, doesn't draw attention to it. Like there's a Chicago episode from last season where like you're going to Chicago to do an episode of your food show. You know, you expect that he's going to be going to like, like the deep dish, like the hot dog and whatever. And like, like half of it he spends not even eating at like restaurants or nothing he just is at like this um uh like black church that has some huge significance to the civil rights movement and like eating at their fundraising dinner (laughs) just like chatting up old ladies he's got that sort of vibe where like he's got the kind of energy about him where like an old lady walks in the room and he's like, finally some dames, you know, like the kind of guy who like flirts with old ladies yeah, to make yeah. them feel nice. <laughs> Looking very good, Miss Molly. Yeah. <laughs> old lady walks in the room. Row. <laughs> Did it get hot in here or is it just you? <laughs> I mean, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Anthony Bourdain is that I feel like he, he always tried to like have some sort of political take mm-hmm. on anywhere he was. But yeah. it was like, is this a show about food? And it was like, it was always a cultural take. But then it was like, I could never tell where his like stance was. Right. It was just like, some people have it rough, and I'm gonna eat the food that those people eat. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he definitely like he has some explicit takes, like. Sure. He, uh, specifically about like Southeast be, Asia, he's got like a lot to say about. Um, it would be hard to go to those places and not have any opinions, but it, it right it always kind of came across as, to me at least, in retrospect, it came across as a little performative. So I think mm-hmm. it, it would be 
pretty refreshing to see someone just being like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I just like yeah. food. <laughs> well, he's also like, he's also kind of like patient zero for this like modern idea of like how cool cooking is and like how cool food is. And like, <laughs> it's not, not just like, not just cool. Like it's like, it, there's like a, like rock and roll sort of like you know i have tattoos and <laughs> yeah I have a tattoo it's of so a, weird I have a tattoo of a pig and i work in a restaurant yeah i'm gonna be on tv i don't get it i don't understand what this is supposed to be i I've, yeah i i've seen it evolve and i've seen like stores in bushwick pop up that are clearly influenced by this whole like thing where yeah. it's just like I feel the like people are pirate chef. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people are so weirdly like vacant of any sort of ideology, where it's just like food is how you understand culture. Right. <laughs> it's like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> sure, but it's it's part of it. It's part of culture. But I mean, everything is like it's it's just it's one co- of many manifestations yeah. of the way that you know people express themselves and change the you know it's the way that people influence their lived in environment or whatever but i mean there's a million different ways that you can experience that why specifically food i guess is is always kind of baffling to me i think it's just because it's but at the same time i love watch yeah (laughs) i love it and i I love watching this sort of shit but anyway the point is that phil is great because it's like it's very it feels like it's distinctly like kind of trying to be the anti- modern food media sort of mm-hmm. thing but also not trying to go back to the old old food media where it's like you know rick steve's europe where it's just like that kind of lame old guy who just like, wanders around he's like and if you keep your wallet in your front pocket <laughs> the, the gypsies will- can't take <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> this is rick steve's top 10 tips for traveling europe yeah so you think it's pretty honestly earnest like actually i think this is just who the dude is i think it's exactly who he is he you know he made uh everyone loves raymond and like made a lot of money doing it Mm -hmm. and i think he just kind of is like whatever i'm gonna make this show (laughs) yeah who fucking cares i'm gonna make this other show (laughs) and like it's so clear all the time that like his brother doesn't like do well on screen, but his brother's on screen all the time. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like Brad his, 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 uh, his brother is like the director of the show or something like that. Okay. Um, he has, or he has some sort of behind the camera job on the show. Right. And then all the time it's just like, Hey, you should try this. And like his brother comes on and like, clearly is just like, like weirdly like crunched up, like, like awkward, awkward. in front of the camera <laughs> and whatever, but he keeps doing it. And like yeah. his, his dad's jokes are funny, but his mom before she died would, not very funny didn't really have to be there (laughs) all this stuff is the kind of things that like if you had uh if you had a lot at stake you would kind of like let netflix you know chop the edges off of this to try to round out the shape a little bit to be like you know uh this could be better this could be a little streamlined whatever but because he's like you know he has like one of the most successful sitcoms of all (laughs) fucking time he can just be like i'll just do it somewhere else if you want to do that right I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I have I my choice of places. Nobody <laughs> will turn me down. I've made every network so much money. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild. It's fascinating. Um. Anyway, let's get into this. The motherfucking movie is England. This is England. The 2006 British drama film, uh, directed by Shane Meadows, 
and written by Shane Meadows. Yeah, I thought maybe he was in it too because he kind of looks like Combo. He looks very <laughs> much like a, like somebody who'd be in this, right? But he's not in it. Um, so this is a this is a intense movie, kind of. Yeah. Um, so it's a movie about. Um, it is 1983. Uh-huh. It's and, a very uh, little boy. Very little boy named Sean who lives somewhere in England. Uh, <laughs> kind of just like shitty little middle of nowhere town. Doesn't seem like... I don't think they actually specify where they live. But it's just some shitty area. Yeah, some shithole small town. It's not London. They don't live anywhere particularly great or mm. consequential or whatever. Uh, so Sean... Is a little boy. His father died in the Falklands War. Wait, before we before we go further, do you know what the Falklands War is? Oh my God, these people are fucking singing downstairs, and it is so loud. Um, <laughs> no, I do not know much about the Falklands War. Okay, I know I that either. it was some sort of a colonial. Um, it's some sort of like colonialist sort of thing that like England had some sort of claim over it, and then Argentina was like trying to take it back or something. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the Falklands War. Yeah, my my kind of my kind of feeling is that it was some sort of basically like Britain's very mini Vietnam except yes, they Yes, exactly. Except- that is what I do know about the Falklands War is like whether or not I know what the, you know, the stakes of it were or like what the conditions and what what led to it, I do know for sure that culturally speaking, the Falklands was like their Vietnam. Right. It was the kind of thing where everyone was like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Young people are dying. Yeah. And they won. Yeah. Uh, and I guess us. they won. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they did. Who no, knows? No, they did. According to the Wikipedia, the British, Vic, <laughs> they, the British won. Okay. Margaret well, Thatcher so- took back the fucking Falkland Islands because Argentina invaded it. And they were like, fuck you. It's our islands. Yeah. So... Sean's father died in the Falklands War, and he's just kind of like a troubled kid who's like not not even really that troubled. He just seems like he kind of doesn't fit in, and like he's having a lot of the same troubles that a lot of kids have as like you know twelve, thirteen year olds, where they're just like, I don't feel right, I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. And then he has this added thing that his father died, so he's looking for you know some sort of you know male role model in his life, I guess. But anyway, yeah. he, he gets picked on at school a lot, and um, his mother can't really seem to get through to him to figure out what he needs or wants. And uh, we kind of open on him getting fucked with by this kid uh, who um, makes a joke about his dad being dead or whatever, and they get in a fist fight, and, and his mom is like, you know, you getting in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they, they, they whip them both. Oh yeah, uh, uh, they it, fucking whip him. The movie open it opens with him after he gets in a fight with that kid, uh, with his headmaster like beating, like flogging the other kid. Which it's so funny because I know this happened and maybe still happens, but it's impossible to like listen to what is happening in that room and not think it's sexual. <laughs> like uh-huh, no yeah. wonder fucking England has so many nonces. <laughs> It's crazy. It's like, they're just like, pull your pants down and I'm going to repeatedly beat you. Like, this is a, that's nowhere else does that happen except for like (laughs) fucking kink parties and British boys schools. (laughs) So, yeah. So we, we hear the kid get beaten while Sean is waiting 
And then, uh, I don't know, nothing really that consequential happens in, right, in the they office. they get in trouble. And it's they get in shitty. trouble, whatever. He's leaving school, and he's feeling really shitty. And he comes across a group of skinheads hanging out under an overpass, mm-hmm. uh, just fucking around, drinking, uh, shooting the shit. And uh, he kind of... Uh, He's walking past them. He's just trying to keep to himself, and they just kind of start to like joke around with him and whatever. And he's like, "Fuck off! I don't. I'm not interested in what you guys are doing. I'm out of here." And there's a leader of the pack of the skinheads, Woody. Woody, uh, who is um, played by uh, Joe Gilgan, who you may yeah. know from Misfits or um, he, I know him. He's from on that other show, the Demon Show. What is he on? Preacher. Preacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him as he's Cassidy in Preacher. Yeah. So but he at this point was nobody. Yeah. Uh, when he was in this, he was absolutely nobody. He was a he was a non actor who got cast for the role. Um I was watching a thing about the making of it where mm-hmm. apparently he was he went in and he was just like, I can't memorize all these lines. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and wow, the director like- was like he's like, That's good because we mostly improvise anyway, so you might as well just throw it out and he's like, And I did. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently like hadn't read the script at all. He just kind of like every scene just kind of like winged it based on like what they said the scene was. He's so good. He's really really good in this. Um and you can see why he got a massive massive career out of this. Yeah. Um but so he meets Woody who's kind of like the leader of the skinhead pack and he kind of like calls his friends off and he's like, "Look, you know, cl- kids clearly had a tough day. Like let's be nice to him." Yeah, uh, and he and he tries to you know he tries to be nice to him, and uh, it works for a little while. But then one of his friends is like a dick and whatever, and he kind of Sean runs off crying. And oh. uh, later, he's at home, and the skinhead kid who was mean to him comes to his window and is like, "Hey, we're all going out. You should come with us." And he he convinces him to go. And basically, what what kind of transpires for a little while here is just this like really great. Um, kind of set of scenes where it's just uh, Sean kind of like falling into the pack with these skinhead kids. Right. Um, There's a lot of hanging out, partying. It's not all, it's not some, some of them are montages, but there's a lot of just regular scenes yeah. where they shoot BBs at each other. And they do there's my favorite scene is where they, um, they go the first scene where they go hunting quote unquote, yeah, and they are basically just shooting BB guns at each other. Yeah, and, shooting BB um, guns at each other and like fucking up like a, a an abandoned house that they found. <laughs> yeah, but my favorite part is when they turn on the fat kid who is the one who was mean to him and had to apologize. Gadget, gadget, and they um they shoot him, uh, and he gets actually like, actually mad and he's like, "Fuck off, guys! Like, why why are you doing this to me? Like, you're all nice to this guy, and I feel like you know he's new. Yeah, I feel like and, he's taking my spot. Yeah, I feel like he's." <laughs> taking my spot in the ranks and what he's like what ranks man like we're just friends and like then they have this like i thought i did not think that the sh- the movie was gonna treat that scene like this but they have this like incredibly awkward but very earnest scene where he's like hey man what so i just wanted to be nice to this kid we're just playing around i'm sorry and then he's like and the little kid, the main character, Sean, is like, I know you don't like me. It's fine. I'll just leave. And he's like, no, I like you. You're cool. I just feel bad. And like, he's like, okay. And then they, yeah, like, they shake really hands. let this play out. Yeah, And then and they like- hug and like kind of like wipe away their tears and stuff. And they have like this really intense like. I was like, this is a dude rocks. <laughs> this is a yes, dude's absolutely. rock movie. Um, absolutely. Like most of this movie is just dudes rocking. 
and it's it's <laughs> well, really first it, but it's really good at doing that is yeah, the thing it, I was it, so, so it's really sweet. successful it can be really cloying to do stuff like this right but they and do it, a very good job they really sidestep it by and i think it, it is by letting them improvise and be you know kids and like be yeah. like you have to get to them forgiving each other and then just do that the way you would do it and like right. it feels like kids just like sort of trying to be nice to each other and it's really and there's sweet. so much like inane dialogue thrown in that <laughs> yeah. like, really helps make it feel really naturalistic like there's a scene later i was thinking about it that um you hear Sean say when there's like a car pulling up, you hear Sean say like four different times, like, Oh, that's a nice car. (laughs) And like everybody else is like saying whatever other shit they're saying in the, in this kind of like rabble scene, but you hear him say it like four different times, trying to get somebody to hear it react. to it. (laughs) It's a nice car. It's a nice car. Wow. Nice car. Anybody? Nice car. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so he's like hanging out with this crew and uh, you know, they're all skinheads and this is, uh, mind you, you know, for folks who aren't, you know, as you know, familiar yeah, with the skinhead uh, subculture, this is 1983. So this is before skinhead had kind of become politicized. This is before it became a white nationalist thing at all. You know, this is just about. It's just. It's the same thing as like punk or or mod or any of that sort of shit, like new romantic goth, any of these sort of like. Um, it's just a sub, like it's a, a subculture. It's, it's a it's a it's a fashion style that goes along with a genre of music, which interestingly enough is reggae, mm-hmm. um, right? But so they're all just like reggae fans who dress funny, and that's who these people are. And Sean is falling in with this crew, and um, there's a really my favorite scene in the movie is when they uh, shave Sean's head for the yeah, first time, uh, and uh, Woody's girlfriend Lol is shaving his head. And they're like, oh, you look, you look sterling. You look sterling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, just really happy and whatever. They're having like, a great time. Are you time. sure you want to do this? He's yeah, like, yeah, your I'm mom's not going to be sure. mad at us and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's just like really natural, like, like kid feeling stuff because like yeah that they get in trouble later for shaving his head and they there's do, like a yeah. long scene with that. But um, but yeah, so they're shaving his head and then um. Uh, Woody is like, well, put on your Ben Sherman shirt, and he's like, I don't have a Ben Sherman shirt, and he's like, oh, well, you got to go then. Yeah. And they all like play it like they're like kicking him out for not having the right like, shirt. Sorry, and you then he's get like, oh, we got you a gift. It's the Ben Sherman shirt, <laughs> and he's so happy. He's he so puts happy. On his little shirt. Oh, it's Kenny. Put the get. He has the. They get him the braces too. Yeah, the braces. Yeah, it's very cute. It's very very. He's cute. He's a little skinhead now. So and, yeah, which is so fine it, and not racist at first. It's fine and not racist. <laughs> at first yeah and and uh sean's mom gets mad at them for shaving his head but then she's also like but i do appreciate that you guys have like taken him in he really needed something yeah that was also he was such... really struggling and i appreciate that you're doing this such a funny scene or such an interesting scene because it's like in i feel like in any normal like sort of cloying american movie uh or british movie i don't know i'm not but in I felt like where that was going was like the mom is mad and she's going to try and separate them. And that's going to be a part of it, you know, of that, you know, he's going to have to sneak out and be going against his mom. And it was like a rebellion thing, but she's just like, don't ever shave my son's head again. Everything else is great. Thank you guys so much. What's your name? Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
trying to get to know them and yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, Woody's like, "What well, love? What's your name?" And she's like, "Oh, Cynthia." He's like, "So good to meet you." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, what is this scene?" Oh, it's just yeah. like it every at every turn, the movie kind of leads you down a more realistic path than you thought it was even going to be. Um, right. In terms of like the way people interact with each other, which is kind of what makes all of what ends up happening like all the more devastating because right. it's like they're really economical with the first half of the movie yeah where they're really they don't have a lot of space it's not a long movie you no. know it's it's a little over 90 minutes they don't have a lot of time to establish character as well as they do but they really really establish it so fast right um but so yeah, so it's it's mostly just dudes rocking for a little while. <laughs> he uh, he gets a girlfriend uh, named Smell. Yeah, Mich- Michelle. <laughs> Michelle kind of rhymes with smell, <laughs> so her name is Smell. She's like a new romantic weirdo. She's yeah, very she- funny. She's in um, uh, uh, Life's Too Short, which is the uh, Ricky Gervais series that he made with uh, Warwick Davis, uh, which okay. is very funny. Oh right, okay. Um. But yeah, so he gets a girlfriend, whatever. It, it's all that sort of shit and whatever. And then it's very um, weird though because she's clearly like a foot taller than him. Yeah, she's and, like a bit older than him. Yeah, and because he's a twelve-year-old, like he uh-huh. is like looks like he's four eleven or something. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so they like kiss, she's like so maybe, but like they you're like she's maybe like what fifteen, sixteen. Right, she's not much older, but it's like the. <laughs> It's noticeable at that age, especially. Is, yeah, for sure. Um, but so they're at a party where uh, Sean and Smell are like making out for the first time or whatever. And this is kind of where it kind of just takes a turn mm-hmm. where uh, a dude with a, a machete breaks in to the, um, the room that they're partying in. And is like fucking, what does he say? Like, give me all your money or whatever. He's like threatening them with a machete. He's, is just, the he's point. selling the get out. He's yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. And, and then, they're uh, like, you want us to turn off the music? He's like, it's too late for that. And he starts too swinging late, the yeah. machete. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out that it's been a prank all along. And it's yeah. actually Woody's old friend, Combo, mm-hmm. who just got out of prison. Uh, Woody is like, this is fucking Combo. He's my old, old friend. You well, guys the- all don't know him. I knew him back in the day. Like, it's it's this kind of, it's this cycle that happens with subculture a lot where, like, yep. there's, like, an older friend who gets you into something and then you're the older friend to somebody else and, and so on and so forth. And so this is his older friend who all of his current friends don't really know because they're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, this is Combo. He just got out of prison. He fucking, you know, he he went to jail he didn't fucking snitch on me this is a great great guy everybody give him your your respect and whatever and then we kind of cut to later in the party and combo is just like telling racist stories from prison huge racist. <laughs> yeah and, and it's also worth noting at this point that one of the members of the clique is a character named milky who is a black guy uh black skinhead Seems hanging like out jamaican, with the crew. yeah yeah jamaican uh english and um Kind of what starts happening at this point is that Combo clearly has been like radicalized in prison. You right. know, he like met white nationalists in prison. He came out with this new ideology. Woody is just like not having it. He's like, I, this is not what I'm into. I'm not about this shit, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'll see you later. And then well, some it- of the friends stay with Combo, some of them don't. And unfortunately, Sean is one of them. 
because combo invites them over the next day and he's like he's trying to turn them against each other clearly mm-hmm. because he's like woody i fucking said racist shit in front of your black friend and you did not stand up for him this guy's a fucking snake in the grass you guys should be with me hanging out with right. me the racist guy <laughs> <laughs> well he like he's a he's a sneaky character and he's smarter than cuz you know his introduction you sort of think he's just like a brute yeah. Um, but he's a lot smarter and slicker than that. Um, because he, what he does is he, you know, gathers everybody and apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry that I said the things I said that was bad of me. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm actually not racist. I'm just a nationalist, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, there's a lot of, you know, now that it's 2020, you know, and not 2006, you know, this stuff won't be very unfamiliar to Americans. That's true, um, yeah. A lot of this stuff feels really deeply familiar. Like, he... Um, he's a proud boy. I mean, He's they, very much a proud boy, yeah. He he confronts Milky, you know, after apologizing for saying racist stuff. He's like, look, I got no problem with you, but you got to answer one question for me. Are you Jamaican or are you English? Right. And right. you can see Milky just, like, doing the math in his head where he's just like, is it even worth it for whatever the fuck this is going to be to try to stand up for anything? He's just like... English and he's like that's a good man that's a brave man and you're yeah. like what the fuck what is happening <laughs> yeah but I, and he's sort of like he immediately tries to be like actually I'm not the one you know who is the bad one here I'm not racist you are actually because in the face of blatant racism from me you didn't do anything yeah and I'm just trying to get you guys to understand and then he starts giving a speech about uh how you know, it's not about being racist, but, you know, being black and white is fine. But, like, all of these fucking Pakis, actually, the Pakistanis right, yeah. are coming in by the by three million people on boats. And they're all coming into England. And we fought in the Falklands or we fought the wars for 2000 years. He just starts ranting all these, like, yeah. you know, he's got this whole like this is England thing stuff. where he's like. He's pointing to like his heart and then his head, and he's like, "This is England, and this is England." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "All right, yeah, I get it. Like, it's right. pre- pretty. It's it's all very familiar." <laughs> yeah, and then he starts talking about how the Falklands War was bullshit, uh, and Sean is starts like this little twelve year old kid. Combo is a grown man. He looks yes. like um, much older than any of them. Right, and. Sean just starts standing up and punching him in the face and is like, shut the fuck up about the Falklands War. (laughs) Um, And he's like, don't you fucking say anything. And he's like, my dad died in that war and fuck you for saying that. And then he starts having this serious conversation with just Sean about like, it's like, look, I didn't mean to say, you know, that isn't your dad was probably a great guy. And like, but you know, they lied to you and you have a grievance with, you know, these fucking, I mean, he, this is the sort of, contradiction of the right right where they're like horribly anti-government but also the you know everything is the government or whatever right like they lied to you and we got to make you know your dad's death mean something or whatever so he convinces sean because he kind of like is being like your dad was important i'm not saying that it's about your dad and also i really respect you for punching me in the face because (laughs) i'm a you know toxic masculinity guy or whatever um and so, yeah, like you said, it causes this big rift in the crew. Right. Um, some of them go with Combo. Some of them stay with Woody. And it's really just kind of like, it's it's the people who you expect Yeah, is who goes with Combo, right? Is like, 
Sean because he's 12 and mm-hmm. can't think for himself. Um, Gadget, who, you know, is clearly, you know, feeling put out by a lot of the behavior of the crew. And then two of kind of like the lesser characters who we don't really know. Right. But then one of them even like stands up to Combo and is like, you don't really believe this shit, do you? Right. And he's, so he kicks him out of the car. He takes them to, basically, I think one of the next scenes is he takes them to like this fucking, like, I can't, I don't know how else to describe it's it. It's a national front. It's, it's a the, national front meeting in like a trailer. Yeah. It's like straight up Nazi people uh, being like, we're English and, you know, it's a crime to even say England or yeah, whatever. Yeah, these days you say you're English, they throw you in <laughs> they jail. They throw you in jail, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And uh, Sean is like, yeah, that's cool. And Sean steals one of the flags so they can yeah. put it in their apartment. And they're like, yeah, on this high of being Nazis or whatever. And one of the one of the guys is like, do you really fucking believe all of this bullshit? And he's just like, ah, oh, fuck you. I'm going to, then he tears him out of the car and yeah. beats him up. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's kind of like from here for a little while, we reach kind of like a second version of the first part where we were talking about this kind of dudes rock segment where it's just about Sean getting in with the the crew of skinheads and this part is like all the more heartbreaking because it's almost structured exactly the same where yeah. it's like it's like the boys having fun together and hanging out and whatever but what they're doing is like beating up Pakistani kids <laughs> and like they they rob the the Pakistani convenience store and whatever and like they they like ruin a party it's just like these really like heartbreaking scenes where they're just like wreaking havoc but having fun and that's like the right. that's such a key part of this movie to me is like the the um the way that they frame this as like when you're in it it feels like boys having fun right like that's what it feels like to be uh was the football factory that book about um uh about the the firms you know during the 80s and and 70s i think even but at least the 80s there was a huge uh epidemic of uh gang violence at english uh football games okay and and scottish too and it was this weird subculture they call them casuals and it was these guys who would dress in like regular clothes they wouldn't wear like you know jerseys or like scarves or anything to show their support for the team because then the police would know who they were Mm. Um, but the whole thing was that they would go to games and then fight with the firms of the other teams. And each team had like a bunch of gangs who were, you know, associated with them and they would go strictly to fight. They wouldn't even like watch the game really. They just fight each other. And it was, and people were like dying left and right, like all over the place to the point where like, uh, English teams were like banned from playing international (laughs) games and stuff because they were like, we just don't want to deal with this bullshit. Um, that's so but crazy. The, the the thing in the football factory that they're so keen to like keep hammering home is it's like in the moment it's infectious because it feels fun because it feels like you're hanging out with the homies and and this is what the homies do you know yeah, instead of like going playing. out and dancing or whatever you're going out and fucking stabbing a dude because he likes Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this bloody bloke is Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously can't relate but i think to them they just feel like they're playing a sport or whatever they're just like doing their fun hangout rituals or whatever yeah um there's a great scene in this part where uh sean goes into the uh convenience store with the pakistani guy who we met earlier 
who um banned he, him from the store he banned him from the store and he's like he goes in to try to get like cigarettes and alcohol to bring to a party and then uh the guy's like get out of here i already banned you from the store fuck off little kid mm-hmm. and then combo comes in with the fucking uh machete. with the, the machete <laughs> from earlier and he's like this store is ours now whenever we come in here you fucking give us whatever we want for free fuck you you piece of shit and the guy's like shitting himself and he gives him everything right. he needs and whatever. And then Combo and Sean leave. And then as they're leaving, Combo like slips in the grass, and, like <laughs> falls on his ass and he's like laughing and he's like, come on, we got to fucking go. guys!" Yeah. <laughs> we just and assaulted it, like, a guy. Yeah, it's like this. But it's like this break of character where you're like, oh, they're just like this is <laughs> they're, <just laughs> they're having, having fun. fun. Yeah, <laughs> they're just boys being boys, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's and so. And then basically, that's what happens. There's a f- few more things with uh, smell, and uh, but basically, what happens at the end is, um, oh, there's a weird thing that they kind of like shoehorn in here that I don't really think fits very much. Uh, that uh, Combo and Lol had hooked up at some point. Oh yeah, that did feel a little out of place. Combo is like going after Lol, and Lol is like you know no. not having it and, but, and he's like we hooked up once and she's like i was drunk and 16 yeah i raped you once why don't you want to be with me uh yeah. and she's like no fuck off and so that sort of colors the next scene which is he finds milky combo finds milky and is like hey man you want to like get weed or whatever yeah he's like can you sell me weed and milky's like i don't have weed and he's like can you find me weed i'll give you half of it and he's like all right sure and Very funny scene also because he's like, he's hanging out with a girl and the girl's like, I thought you were going to walk me home. And he's like, it's only a couple of blocks. He's like, you'll be home in 15 <laughs> minutes. That's so long. <laughs> and she's like, fuck you. And he's like, yeah, fucking women. Uh, which is weird. Um, and so, um, yeah, so they go back to their place and just hang out with. It's basically just the Nazi crew, Sean, and then the two weird fat guys. The two weird fat guys who Combo knows from prison. Um, and and uh, and Gadget uh, and Milky, and they're just hanging out, and they all get stoned, and they all have this really nice conversation, and like Combo is like, yeah, because he's Combo's playing really good reggae music, and Milky is like, this is like the shit that like we listen to. He's like, this is like what my dad listens to. Like, you really know reggae really well. And Combo's like, yeah, man, like, I'm an original fucking skinhead. Like, yeah. I've been, you know, I've been in this shit since skinhead was a thing. You know, I love reggae music. And they have this, like, really touching moment where, like, Combo's like, you should fucking come by my house sometime, man. Yeah, like, we're fucking brothers now. Like, and, like meet, my, meet my grandma. She'll make you Jamaican food. And, like, we can listen to, like, old records and stuff and fucking hang. Yeah. And Combo starts talking to him about, like... Uh, his family and he's like so your dad or no your uncle your uncle has like seven kids and like all from different mothers and and milky's like yeah man it's pretty wild and he's like so i guess he's probably like kind of a deadbeat and not really there for them whatever and milky's like no he's actually like there for all of them they're all on holidays and stuff Mm -hmm. like when we have christmas and shit they're all there he's like it's just like a weird kind of family arrangement but it's the family arrangement we have and they just kind of like it feels like combo just keeps trying to like seed in little like things where he's like yeah but it sucks because of this or whatever and milky's like no it doesn't suck at all it's actually pretty chill and like you can tell combo's trying to like you know uh like give some credence to his his racist ideas about jamaican people or whatever And Milky just keeps being like, no, nah, not really. Like, cause, and, it, and not even in a way where he's like, he's like, that's racist combo. You're saying racist stuff. He just keeps being like, 
that's not really my experience. (laughs) It doesn't really feel like that. Well, and it's weird because, or it's interesting because Milky, you know, at first doesn't seem to realize that he's being like goaded. Yeah. Um, You know, because they had this whole long conversation about how, like, actually, we're the same and we're, we all like reggae and it's actually fine. You know, you have your weird, like, political... I mean, they don't say this so so clearly, but it almost seems like Milky is kind of coaxed into feeling like, well, you know, he has his sort of weird, like, political stuff and he's, like, right. kind of not nice, but he's being chill for me, so I'm just going to be chill. And uh, he sort of, like, doesn't realize he's being sort of, like, poked at. And he's like, no, no, it's super nice. It's actually cool. We have a lot of family members, and it's fine for everybody. And finally, Combo's just like, seems like you fucking have everything. Like, you have everything. It sounds like your life is great. And this is where a lesser film would have kind of left it, I think, where it would be like, oh, and he, like, learns or something or like it's (laughs) kind of like a a parallel film here would be like american history x Mm -hmm. where this would be the scene where like ed norton like becomes homies with the the black guy in prison and then he leaves being like actually i'm not a nazi anymore (laughs) he's just like wow one black guy is nice (laughs) (laughs) crazy i guess i'm done with this (laughs) um and so a lesser film like American History X would take this opportunity to be like, look, we can all, you know, we can learn and we can move on and whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead, uh, Combo beats the shit out of Milky and and the two fat guys uh, from prison, like, instantly, like, wordlessly recognize what's happening and they just get up and hold Milky down so Combo can beat him up more. Yeah, and they hold uh, Sean down, who's trying to... And they to- hold Sean down to keep him from helping. I think... Uh, gadget is like passed out or something Mm -hmm. um and yeah they just beat the shit out of him they he seems like he could die pretty easily yeah uh, for how much really intense yeah uh and then uh the last bit of that is that like combo i think realizes what he's done and like not not for like he's he's not regretful of like why he's done it or whatever he just realizes what he's done and he just starts crying and freaking out and he's like i didn't know i didn't realize like you know you got to help me we got to get him out of here we got to get him to a hospital and they get him they rush him to a hospital well, and whatever. he also fucking the, the the two fat guys are like wow i thought you were i was waiting for you to do that and he like fucking throws a bottle at their face and beats right, them yeah. up too uh and then those guys get run out and it's just him and sean and he's like, well, let's go to a hospital. And so they take him to a hospital. Yeah. And then we kind of close on Sean and his mother. And the mom is like, you know, this is fucked up. <laughs> this yeah. is no good. Like, Milky might be okay, but, like, he also might not. And, like, this is pretty fucking bad, dude. And then the end end is him throwing the the English flag in, in, in the water, right? St. George's Cross. Yeah. Yeah. He throws it in the water, and that's kind of the close uh, of the movie. A cover of the Smiths, Please Let Me Get What I Want. Yeah. Uh, Which is like, (laughs) at first, you're kind of like, eh. But then, like, you hear it a little more, and you're like, it's pretty nice, actually. It works, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and that's the end of the movie, uh, which I felt was a little abrupt. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, geez. Um, But yeah, Sean's just like, the ending of the movie is basically. Well, I'm not going to be a Nazi, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but no one else's fate is sort of wrapped up. It's sort of just, 
Sean just being like, well, that's a bad ideology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean, well, at the very least being like, well, this wasn't for England. That's for damn sure. That's Whatever for sure. the fuck just happened there was not for England. <laughs> right. That was for somebody who has a lot of problems. Um, yeah. And that's the end of the movie. So, um, yeah, I'd never seen this. I'd never heard of it. Um, really? Yeah, I, no. I'm so like, because this is a movie that I saw for the first time in um like college maybe or like a little after college okay um and i've seen it a few times since and it's something that i'm always i'm not really sure how many people have seen i don't know if it's like a very popular movie or not i guess not i mean it as seems far like as it i know i never says heard it made of it. five million pounds so <laughs> <laughs> not it's, much <laughs> yeah kind of low um, but it's apparently a big deal there, and they made three sequels. They made three TV series, yeah, um, uh, which uh, ruin it, absolutely, in oh, every yeah? single conceivable way ruin it, but also are very enjoyable. Have you watched like, them all? Yeah, I've watched all of them. Uh, so the, the concept of the sequels is that they check in with the crew every four years. Right. So this sort of one like is... Sort of like 7-Up, <laughs> but fake. Or I guess not every four years, it's every two years, because this one is 83, 84, so then it's like... 86, 88, 88 90. and 90. Yeah. And um, check in with the crew, see what they're up to. And it's like, on the one hand, it's nice because you're like, well, these characters are really, really fleshed out really well. Right. And they all are like pretty, you know, well-defined. So checking in with them, you're like, this is pretty nice, actually. Like, it's nice to see what they're up to. But on the other hand, you're like, no, because first of all, like all of the tasteful ways that you've like left all these characters, absolutely, you know, to the wind right you know you know exactly what happens to woody and lol and, and whatever milky. because it's like really <laughs> really documented and milky and combo and like combo gets out of jail and then does like an american history x where he's like actually i'm not racist anymore right, yeah. and they like <laughs> welcome him back to the crew but then milky is always a little bit like i don't really trust you because you beat the shit out of me and almost killed me <laughs> for no um, reason for no reason at all and like it it is really melodramatic in yeah. a very like British TV sort of way. It looked like Skins. It's exactly like Skins. Yes, yeah. um, you can tell that Skins came out, you know, after this, and then they were like, "We could do Skins, but with with that movie skins. that did really well." <laughs> oh, skin. but then they're like not skinheads they're anymore. Not skin they like anymore. move on move to on, mod yeah. culture, and mm-hmm. I think it's funny because it's like that when I watch the trailers. Uh, it reminded me of how like every kid, every like guy who is like wears like pea coats and has big beards now mm-hmm. was a scene kid. Like yes. had swoopy hair and like tight jeans. Absolutely, um, yes. It's something I think about a lot <laughs> when I when I watch this movie is like scene especially feels like one of those things where like like punk is kind of everlasting goth is everlasting these things like will be here forever and there are still skinheads but like not really i mean probably yeah (laughs) it's not the same and and most of the time it feels like a goofy costume more than anything right um just as i'm sure there's probably some sort of scene revivalist out there somewhere I but hope scene not. feels very, very specifically like skinhead, it was and like a- new romantic and mod, and all these things where they're just like, there's a time and a place where it existed. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and even at the time, if you dress like that, it felt like you were dressing up in a costume. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, flat ironing my hair and like being yeah. like, I'm wearing this skirt with a pyramid belt or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> this isn't how I really dress. You know, I'm going yeah. to a show. No, um, but this is working. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt like being seen to me was like was like this is working, yeah. so I'm gonna keep doing this. 
<laughs> it's like the early returns are very strong. <laughs> yeah, I am getting laid. So much more than it, with any other look I've ever done in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Literally for before or after, nothing's ever and worked as like soon that. It was, as soon as it was over, everyone was done with it. Yep. No one tried to keep it going for like any nope. amount of time. It was just we were like done. We moved on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I feel like that's how uh, the the shows treat boots and braces. We're just mm-hmm. like, remember when we were skinheads? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's so like Lal's sister stays a skinhead throughout, okay. and then the rest of them kind of move on. Like Woody and Lal are like getting married in the beginning of the the next one, and then like they don't and then she has an affair with milky and then they get back together <laughs> oh, so it's but like she yeah. has a baby with milky so they have they're like raising milky's kid <laughs> it's it's so melodramatic there's a new character that like lol and her sister's dad is like a rapist and like raped oh lol's sister and like it's really there's so much and the whole time you're just like did this add to this no it really subtracted the movie standing on its own is so good and uh-huh. then the shows kind of are good on their own for fun but like kind of fuck kind of with the movie, the movie. Yeah. yeah so i'm for my for my take on this movie i thought it was uh fantastic uh mm-hmm. in terms of um acting especially the little yeah. kid is incredible the little kid is very good woody um, is woody is incredible woody's incredible in this very specific way of like capturing the kind of like the kind of guy who is like everyone's immediately friends with everyone immediately wants, you know, wants him to be their boyfriend, you Mm -hmm. know, like he's cute in the sort of way that isn't like, Oh, he's the jock, but he's like so charming. Just everybody wants to be either in love with him or his best friend or whatever. He's just perfectly cast. Like the casting is incredible and he just has this magnetism and it's just one of my biggest issues with the movie is that he just drops out of it. Yeah, I kind of wish that he was more of a character, but I guess kind of that's part of the idea too, right? Is that it's like like, the absence of him. You're like, why aren't you with the cooler guy? (laughs) Why are you with this asshole? He sucks. Stop this. Go back to Woody. (laughs) Yeah, Woody's so cool. Um, And he doesn't do anything. Like Woody isn't like a guy who has like big plans and prospects or he's just like a chill dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, and, and throughout the series, you kind of get more of that where like, he just he works at a factory and then he becomes like a manager at the factory and like that's a big problem for him where he's just like he's like i feel like shit being a manager (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but i think my so i I really enjoyed basically all the movie um it also reminded me a lot of it feels like our kitchen sink revival do you know about like british kitchen sink movement Mm -mm. was this thing in like the late like early basically in the 60s uh there was a British kitchen sink movement, which was, I think the name was uh, based off of a painting. It was like working class movies, you know, like mm-hmm. very hyper, or like new realism kind of stuff that was happening in the 60s. Like the, in sort of in response to French New Wave. Um, right. Where it was like, let's make movies that are about how Britain really is, how people really are. Um, lots of movies called like uh, Taste of Honey, Kess. The Loneliness mm-hmm. of the Long Distance Runner, which is my favorite. Um, just like movies about kids who are just outsiders and like look around at forests and are sad, you know, kind of movies. Right. Um, yeah. But this, 
in a very similar way, you know, like really well done, like non actors, um, incredible casting for the best ones, and uh, a really good insight into how people like behave with each other. Um, right. And so I liked that, and it was really cool to see a sort of modern kitchen sink movie. Um, I think my biggest criticism of this movie is even though it's like a much better movie politically than uh than like you said american history x i think american history x is like the best side-by-side comparison for it personally um i think it has i think it has a similar issue in not presenting an alternative Mm -hmm. um and and i mean that's realistic so i can't really fault it but i think one of the big problems i have with this kind of movie is that it's like you've got these people who have a, a, are presenting a solution to the, you know, the hor- horrific problems with poverty and throwing young men at, you know, a war and letting their fathers die in a war. And you have all these cultural, realistic cultural grievances. Right. Uh, and, you know, Combo is like, here's the solution we be a strong nation and we have all of these solutions. And then the only real alternative is like, but you should be nice. Yeah. The, the alternative (laughs) is like, you should hang out with your friends because that's fun. Stop being an asshole to our black friend just because you think because of your very real grievances, but we're very evil solution. Well, Cause I think that the thing to be said there is that like, you're looking at your, you're kind of like, it's, it's these things run counter to one another like it's you know combo's ideology is about how to fix england and woody's ideology is about how to combat isolation right yeah and the problem is that where combo lives is at the cross section of those two things Mm -hmm. where like woody doesn't have an ideology about how to fix england because like he doesn't think he can or really care to yeah doesn't really care to it doesn't concern him he's much more interested in just hanging out and and you know getting by and whatever right so his main thing is like how do you combat isolation is by finding something that you care about with your friends and living it and and doing it and and being there for each other that's a huge Mm -hmm. part of woody's character and like what his crew is all about you know yeah and then combo is the one who's saying like the two can be together like you can combat isolation and also fix england mm-hmm. um and i guess the problem yeah is that it's like the there isn't an alternative necessarily to combo because it's like what what would it be it would be like getting into like anarcho punk or whatever like it but w- you're not doing anything valuable <laughs> as, a, as a crass fan <laughs> right and well that's the thing you know in terms of just like these cultural like how do you be a person uh but, but i guess that's my issue is that it doesn't i mean it, i almost don't want to put it on this movie to like mm-hmm. present that kind of alternative or solution or anything like half yeah because it's much problem. more it's much more about like it's a conversation that we had you know a year ago now probably mm-hmm. um when the kind of like the the germ of this show originally was when we talked about serial experiments lane right and how young people on 4chan and online and whatever and and in anime communities get radicalized into nazi ideology and this is a movie that's very much about that more mm-hmm. than anything else it's it's not about like you know is there an alternative to being a nationalist or like how do you fix your community or how do you like you know make the world a better place or whatever it's really just a movie about like how a young man gets pulled into 
a miserable, destructive, horrendous ideology and then how he gets chewed up and spit out on the other end. Right. And I think, and I I hope that, I hope that a movie like this, you know, pretty clearly saying, uh, you know, well, whatever the solution is, it's not that. It's not the St. George's Cross. It's not being a skinhead and a Nazi, or Nazi skinhead and, you know, beating up a black guy because you're just, you know, you're just uh, externalizing your hatred of, yourself and your and your issues on yeah and all you're doing is harming on a very small level you know what i mean it's like what what it's really saying is like combo has these big ideas about like this is england but all he does is just beat up a kid you know (laughs) by the end of the movie he's he's talked so much about how like we're gonna these are my troops these are my soldiers we're gonna take england back for the english Mm -hmm. and like for the white and whatever and like this is about like taking our fucking forefathers you know our four we exist in this long thousand two thousand year lineage of of you know, of, of kings and lions (laughs) and all that sort of stuff. And like, that's who we are. And you're like, yeah. And then all you do is beat up a teenager. Yeah. And that's all that happens. Take a couple Pakistani kids soccer. You steal some fucking, yeah. You steal a soccer ball and then you steal some cigarettes and liquor. Yeah. And and then it's so obviously, you know, just being a bully, like, like, you know, they say they hate, you know, you're just being the same bullies that you, that Sean hates. Um, so, I hope that I hope that that message in this movie is clear enough. But I, it does. I think if it was me, I would want to have some sort of like clarity of like there is other options if that's what you care about. If you see right. the problems in your community, in your society, in your culture, in your government. There, the the only alternative is not to shut up and take it and be nice right. to black people. Um, I would want that in my movie if I was making it. Um, even if it's just there's something else, then you can go look at it for it on your own. Right. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, I think it's a really beautiful movie about, you know, why why that kind of stuff happens and why that the system is designed to make it happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be outcasts of society and they're going to go towards an extreme. Um, it's very sad. Um, but I thought, but yeah, it, really good movie. I think it's a really great movie. I would definitely recommend it. Highly, highly recommend if not just to like Woody is worth the price of admission. Yeah, alone. Just to dream about. He's really <laughs> just, he's so dreamy Being and, and Woody's best friend. What a fucking, what an actor, what a performer. I don't really, I didn't watch Misfits. I don't know anything about the other one. Um, oh, man. Preacher is so good. He's so good in talent. that movie. And then there's a kid in it, too, who goes on to be in the second set of uh, skins. Oh, um, really? Which one? Uh, one of the miscellaneous skinheads. I think he's the one who who uh, questions Combo and gets kicked out of the car. Puke. Goes on to be, um, yeah, <laughs> Pukey. Uh, goes on to be uh, Cookie on... Um, oh, okay. Or Cook, and he calls himself Cookie in Cookie Monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cook on season three and four of Skins. Cool. Um, Which I've never seen. he has some sort of role in Game of Thrones, but so does everybody. <laughs> yeah, fucking Ed Sheeran has a great role on Game of Thrones. Unreal. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to Generation Loss. We appreciate it. 
It has been great talking to you. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, we do bonus episodes every week. Uh, and you can listen to those and uh, get them on patreon.com slash generation loss. Uh, also, that will give you access to the Discord where we screen the movies. Be quiet. Don't tell anybody. Um, it's not legal. It's not legal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's fun and you get to watch them with other fans of this show um, before the night before the, the, the um, this episode comes out. So... Go ahead and check that out. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at Kinomatsografi. You can follow Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder. Check out his YouTube show uh, at Jeremy Thunder on YouTube. Um, I have another show called BB Bledis. He has another show called Ballin' Out Super. Um, I stream sometimes on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dullcare. Other than that, we'll see hey, you next time. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>